Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Sailing Choke Deep. My name is Jay, and this is a podcast about my sailboat, a 1965 Pearson Vanguard 33. Thanks for checking it out, and I hope you subscribe. As I mentioned on last week's episode, I did end up buying a boat. So what happened was I finally found the boat I was looking for and the timing finally seemed to work out with the job schedule to be able to go purchase and retrieve the boat. What I found was a 1965 Pearson Vanguard 33. It's 33 foot long. Anyway, it's in very good condition for its age. I think that's the most common thing everyone says in regards to sailboats is for its age. Because who can afford to go out and spend $250,000 on a brand new one? The engine specifically has been meticulously cared for. And through my searches, that has always been the most important thing is how well is that engine taken care of and how many hours are on it and whatnot. So the boat was actually on either Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. It might have been both, if I remember right. Anyway, I made contact with the owner, told him I was very interested in it. The price was good, so I didn't want to negotiate at all on the price. I was so excited for the engine to be in the shape that it was that I was just content. He was selling it much cheaper than what he obviously has into it. Nobody ever sells a boat for what they put into it. You always take a loss. He was selling it really cheap. It was owned by the original owner, of course, who then became an old man because it seems we get old as time passes. And uh, when the man was so old that he could no longer sail or wanted to sail no longer, he sold the boat to the sons of his neighbor. So these two brothers went in 50-50 on the boat, bought the boat. Well, then one of the brothers had to take a job out of state and he moved away and eventually he told his brother why don't you just buy my half of the boat and the whole thing's yours so the brother bought the other half of the boat and then he too got married and his wife was not interested in sailing so he sat on the boat for a couple of years took it out for day sales a few times each year but that was it he decided finally that he didn't need to be sitting on a boat anymore it's essentially a two-owner boat and I'm sure that it's seen most of its time under sail with the previous owner because the two brothers don't seem to be the sailing types. Or at least not after they got into relationships anyway. So he listed the boat and he listed it at a very, very good price considering the propulsion system is in such good shape. The sails are in decent shape. It's, it's all good. But he listed it really low because when they were cleaning the bottom, they noticed that the rudder was in rough shape. Well, in those old 65 Pearsons, they used just plain wood. <laughs> I mean, it's just a chunk of wood, a slab of wood, or actually it's a few slabs bolted together. It's not the typical rudder that you would see that's encased in fiberglass and, you know, foam filled and whatnot. This is just a wooden rudder that's bolted together to a rod. That chunk of wood is the original rudder. That's an easy fix. That's a really easy fix. In fact, it can probably be fixed without even hauling the boat out. So I did not negotiate on the price. 
I simply explained my situation, hoping that he would be able to work with my particular circumstances. I told him, I'm an engineer in the oil field. I'm on location at a rig currently, and I cannot get away to come get the boat or see the boat. Would you take a deposit? It will probably be six to eight weeks until I can come to Charleston, South Carolina and pick up the boat. He said, sure, if you want to send a deposit, that'll work out. I gave him my email address and told him to send me an invoice on PayPal. And I sent a deposit of $1,200. I got an email back immediately saying the post has been removed. The boat is yours. And I did not feel the least bit uncomfortable doing this. I talked to that owner for a solid 20 minutes on the phone. I trusted him. He was a family man. In fact, he lives, he lives only a couple of miles away from where I lived when I lived in Charleston, South Carolina. In fact, I used to go across his island to get to my island. He's a native. He's lived there his whole life. His dad lives a couple miles down the road. I really, in the bottom of my gut, trust this guy. So I sent the deposit, and shortly after, I kind of felt uncomfortable. I thought, did I just screw up? Because the rule is you don't do that. You don't ever do that. But the man was so forthcoming about everything. And he told me every little issue that he thought there might be and everything that they'd fixed over the years. Right about the time I wasn't feeling so good about the deposit, I kind of having some regrets and thinking, I shouldn't have done that. I should have just told him to hold the boat until I get time to go over there. But obviously that wouldn't have happened. But just a few minutes after I wasn't very comfortable, I got a phone call from his wife introducing herself, saying how happy she was to find somebody that can take care of the boat because she knows her husband loves that boat and it's just not in the cards for them at this point in their life to have a sailboat. So she went on explaining the story about the boat and they were just so warm. So that eased my mind quite a bit. And she called, you know, she called from her cell phone. So now I've got their phone number, their home number, their husband's cell phone number, the wife's cell phone number, both parties' email addresses. I'm feeling like if there's fraud here, it's pretty easy to report this. So I was a little uncomfortable, but I think I uh, I was okay with it because their personalities were so warm that I wasn't uncomfortable. And I do not recommend anyone ever doing this because it was probably one of the most foolish things I've ever done, ever, with money. So phase two of foolishness, after I spoke with the wife, I made no promises, I said nothing. I let 10 days pass, and I told him that I would likely be picking up the boat in mid-July. And he said, that boat's been sitting at Dad's for a few months already, it can sit for a few more, it's not a problem, nobody's in a rush to use that dock. That made me feel comfortable, and I said, well, I'll throw you a little extra money for the dock rent. And he laughed and said, don't be ridiculous. So a few more days pass, and I think, what's the point in holding on to the money? I'm going to go there, I'm going to pick up the boat, and I'm going to pay him. And if I was the one selling the boat, I would be a little frustrated maybe that somebody wants to buy it, but they're making me sit on it. So anyway, I decided to pay the rest of the balance that I owed. I get ready to push the send button, and I think, I'm going to give this guy a call. So I pick up the phone. I think I'm going to be real sneaky here. And I I call him. He answers. I say, yes, sir. I'm calling about the boat that's on Craigslist. I'd like to come take a look at it and uh, purchase it if it's possible. Do you still have it available? And there was about a half a second delay. And he says to me, no, it's not available. Jay, it's already your boat. He said, you've already bought the boat, Jay. We took the ad down. It's your boat. It's yours. We're waiting on you to come get it. 
And I didn't know what to say. He didn't miss a beat on that. And he says, you do know it's 2020 and we have color ID, right? <laughs> I felt so foolish. Here I am trying to be sneaky and I didn't think about that. But anyway, I just laughed and said, oh, don't worry about it, Sam. I was just playing around. Um, and as I'm talking to him on the phone about the radio, I uh, pushed the send button on PayPal and sent the full balance. And I said, Sam, can you let your wife know that uh, that payment's been made? And I also want to let you know that I bought the airline ticket and I will be I will be there. And I gave him the dates. I'll be there in mid-July and I'll be taking possession of the boat at that time. He said, no problem, no problem. He was excited. He, he said, well, you didn't need to pay it until you come here. That's fine. And I told him, you know, I, I think it'd be better if it was just paid. You know, I trust y'all. Y'all obviously trust me. So... I bought a boat, sight unseen, and sent payment via PayPal a month before I'm even scheduled to go pick it up. I was excited for the first week or so, and then the second week I realized, I need to get this figured out. What am I going to do? How am I going to get off work? Well, getting off work wasn't hard. I already told the company that I'm simply not going to be here during that time. I've got to go take care of some personal business, and it's very difficult to get off work, and it's never going to happen if you ask for it. So... I didn't ask. Better to ask for forgiveness than to, for permission. Is very, very true sentiment in the oil field. I did buy the airline ticket to Charleston. And then I assume once I'm in Charleston, I'm going to take the boat from Charleston down to Florida. So I bought another airline ticket one way from Fort Myers back to Dallas. So I had my ticket dates and my work dates set and knew what I was going to do. And then I realized I need to know where to put this thing in Florida. I was initially thinking that I would just take it down to Miami and find a marina. Well, then I started calling marina after marina after marina in Florida. On the East Coast and in the Gulf on the West Coast as well. And a monthly rate at a marina in Florida shocked me. It is very difficult to find marinas that are less than $800 or $1,000 per month. They're very expensive, especially on the coast. Oh, and the other thing that shocked me is how rude the Floridians are. I don't think they're real Floridians because they, the accents were so thick. It sounded like everybody was a grumpy, retired New York City or New Jersey cop. It was just, they were so rude when I called. I wasn't even sounding like a noob. I mean, I had the answers to their questions when they asked. And, I, you know, I told them exactly what I was looking for. And they were just not polite on the phone. And I, I'm... I spoke to well over a dozen. But then I thought, I'll bring the boat inland a bit. I was thinking if I just followed the waterway, I could certainly find something along the way in state or, if nothing else, around Lake Okeechobee. And I did. I found a marina in Okeechobee that is on the north side and it costs, I think, it's under $250 a month. And that includes pump-out service and electricity yeah, it's a very affordable rate. She was super friendly on the phone. So anyway, I found the marina. I'm getting everything lined out, and I'm feeling pretty confident everything's working out. So I have about three weeks to go pick up the boat remaining, and I'm thinking, I need some help. So I call up my dad and say, hey, dad, I bought a boat. Oh, you did? Yeah, I got to go pick it up here mid-July. You want to go with me? Oh, sure. He said, you got a truck to haul it? It's too big to haul. It's too. It's not really trailerable. It's in the water. I've got to move it. I'm gonna sail it. Oh, from where? Uh, Charleston, South Carolina. 
And he said, that's right where you lived. I said, yep, yep. So where are you taking it? Oh, Miami. He, he's quiet for a minute on the phone. He doesn't respond much. Next day, I get a phone call back. He said, hey, son, I don't think I can go with you. I said, why not? I'm just not willing to risk my life on a boat just to have a good time. <laughs> no problem, Dad. I'll call up Brandon. So I call up my younger brother. We used to fish every single day for years together. And he had just bought a boat, a fishing boat for Lake Erie just a week prior. So we'd been on the phone quite a bit talking about his boat and whatnot. Call him up and say, hey, Brandon, what are you doing? Not much. So what are you doing next month, mid-July? Well, nothing on schedule. So you want to go fishing for Mahi Mahi? Yeah, I'm down. For real? I'll fly you down. Okay. He was all about it. I said, well, I'll fly you down to Charleston. We'll meet in Charleston. Why are we meeting in Charleston? Because I bought a boat and I'm going to I'm gonna move it. What'd you buy? I bought a sailboat. It's a big one. You can't move it by truck. So I'm going to, I'm going to sail it down to, down to Florida. But that's good fishing for a few days. Yeah, I bet. All right. So I'll buy your airline tickets. Nothing to worry about. I'll fly you down to South Carolina. And once we hit Florida, I'll fly you back. You, when we do this, you, you are hugging the coast the whole way, right? So no, nah, that's not really going to work out, B. So why is that? Because if we go straight south, it's only about a two and a half day passage. If we hug the coast the whole way, it'd be almost five days. I see. I, I don't know if I can get off work for that. I said, no, we're not going for five days. The The plan is, the plan is to do it in three. Yeah, but I... You know the Coast Guard only goes sends their helicopters like 50 miles out, right? 50 miles off the coast. That's why everybody hugs the coast when they move something. So, yeah, I know. But we'll save a lot of time doing it this way. And the fishing will be better anyway. Yeah, I don't think I can get off work for that. I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem. So, so a few more days pass. I get a phone call from Sam. I didn't know who it was. He calls up. Hey, Jay, we still on for next week? I didn't know who it was. And I said, uh, yeah, sounds good. Good, good. How you been? I- I've been okay. So, well, hey, I want to tell you about that VHF radio. He said, you might want to bring a handheld just in case, because I don't know if that antenna's corroded. It's been, you know, it's the original radio that we've had in there since we bought it. And all of a sudden I realized who it was. Sam's the man who owns the boat. So that brought in a huge vote of confidence for me that the owner, after two weeks of silence, you know, I hadn't called the guy because I've been working and he hasn't called me. We've sent no messages, but, but he remembers fully that I purchased the boat. So he was calling to make sure ticket dates were set and everything was still solid. So that made me very, very happy. I know the deal is going to go through without a hitch. That got me thinking about the boat. I call up a friend of mine in Phoenix I said, Hey, Daniel. You want to go on the adventure of a lifetime? He said, you know me, I'm down. What are we doing? He said, we're going to move a boat. Really? That sounds cool. I said, we're going to move the boat down from Charleston down to Florida. I said, it's going to be about a two and a half to three day passage. Wow. That's a lot of fuel. I said, no, 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 we're not trailering it. We're going to, we're going to take it on the water. Well, I know we're taking it on the water. He said, that's a lot of fuel motor a boat that's a lot of fuel and he laughs so oh yeah you're right that would be a lot of fuel but i'm not we could motor it but 
I plan to sail it, because I don't think we can haul enough fuel cans. So what kind of boat did you buy? So it's not a canoe, right? it's a sailboat. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know you knew how to sail, Jay. I don't. I've never been on a sailboat before. But, sensing his hesitation, I kind of giggle and I say, I did buy sailing for dummies. I've read a little bit of it. He laughs. He says, well, you know I love you, brother, but I'm going to have to bail on this one. Why's that? Ah, no thank you. Are you serious? No, he said, Jesse's only seven, eight years old. I can't do that. <laughs> All right, brother. No big deal. No big deal. Supposed to go in five more days. And I'm out of phone numbers of anyone that would be willing to go. The only person I can think of that might be down with something this crazy is my son-in-law. He would definitely do it. And then the realization hits me that this is kind of crazy. And I've got three grandkids. I don't want my son-in-law with me when this happens. I want him home safe with those grandbabies. So as it stands right now, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina today. I'm about eight blocks away from the boat right now. And I'm going to go pick up the boat. Sometime in the next hour, I will be leaving that dock on a boat that I've never captained. I've never raised a sail in my life. And I'll be heading out to the bay to leave the bay to hit the ocean and go dead south for the next three days. And I think they call this sailing single-handedly. And the longer I thought about it, I didn't really want anyone to go with me. And while this may sound stupid and foolish and ignorant and every other adjective that describes the lack of wisdom, I really feel that it's something that I have to do. I doubt this is what the author meant when he titled the book Sailing for Dummies. If these kids on YouTube can buy a boat and figure it out, then surely I could figure it out. I mean, it's just physics. You fill the sails with wind, and if you lose the wind, you attack and catch it again. I mean, it seems pretty dead simple. I did call up a guy in the Corpus Christi Yacht Club who was selling a boat. And I told him I was interested in taking a look at his boat. And I asked him about another ad that he had on the Facebook marketplace. And I said, do you still give the sailing lessons? He said, shoot, you buy the boat, I'll give you lessons. Free. <laughs> I said, well, I'm not really interested in a 27-footer, but I would be interested in taking lessons from you maybe two, three weekends. He said, I'll be honest with you. He said, uh, well, you don't need to do it two or three weekends. He said, lessons are typically half day. And I said, yeah, but I want to know how to know how to do it. He said, no, no, you don't understand. You sail, you sail with me for a couple of hours, and you'll figure it out. You can, you can sail a boat. It only takes a couple hours to learn. Well, I thought to myself, if it only takes a couple hours, surely I can move this boat. I guess we'll know if I have another podcast next week, right? Stay tuned to find out. Don't forget to subscribe. Again, my name is Jay, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit the subscribe button because there's going to be a lot more content forthcoming. 
And if you want to help, I'm not asking for any money. I'm not going to give you a Patreon account. Just go to iTunes and leave a review. That's the best thing anyone can ever do for a podcast. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And I wish the best to you and yours.